Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, Executive Editor of Recode. And I'm Lauren Good, Senior Cold Editor at The Verge. And this is Too Embarrassed to Ask, our podcast about consumer tech and Lauren's illnesses. <laughs> not just gadgets, but also colds and cold meds and throat lozenges. No, really, not just gadgets. We cover apps, services, really anything that has to do with you, the consumer, and all of your personal tech questions. It could be anything. It could be about Tinder, whatever. Yeah, just- you better not do Tinder this week, Lauren. Just tell you someone communicable disease. I'll try to refrain. All right. Uh, so send us your questions. We do read them all. Find us on Twitter or tweet them to us at, at Recode or to myself or to Lauren or with the hashtag Too Embarrassed. We also have an email address, Too Embarrassed at Recode.net. And a friendly reminder, Embarrassed has two R's and two S's. That's right. We have a great back catalog of podcasts, too, at where you can find them on iTunes at iTunes.com slash Too Embarrassed to Ask, where we discuss all kinds of issues. Yes, we do. Yes. Now, you're back from CES where you acquired the CES cold, apparently, Lauren. I did. Yeah. I can't seem to shake it. Yeah. Were well, you shaking a lot of hands, obviously, or something mm, like that? I don't know. I don't shake hugs. people's hands anymore. I don't hug people. I don't think people shake hands anymore. Yeah. Or exchange business cards No. Or well, you seem to have. Well, it must have been in the strip clubs then, I guess. Yeah, clearly. Um, or the bars and the places you, like, skanked around in. I think it was just fondling lots of gadgets. But don't say the word fondling the with gadgets, please. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. I All mean, right. that's probably one of the more <laughs> benign things I could say I fondled compared to some people I I'm thinking about. <laughs> I don't fondle, my friend. No. Um, well, if anyone ever asks you in a Senate hearing whether yes. you're not fondling is okay, you say no. No, it is not. It's never, right. never okay. Light petting is fine. All right. If you missed last week's episode, we rounded up all the most interesting gadgets at CES, and you can find that wherever you found this episode. Everybody liked that episode. They liked talking. They liked. They, they liked to talking about they the liked. smart hairbrush. No, they did not. They found my incredibly philosophical take on the fact that it's the meaninglessness of life that these kind of gadgets bring. But that's another issue. Somebody told me they really liked your joke about Intel inside when I told you about the <laughs> Intel barf bags. <laughs> That was pretty good. Yeah, pretty I, I listened to that one again. It was yes, funny the second time around, oh, too. Good. Well, I try to entertain as best I can. Well, today we're going to be talking about something else from mm-hmm. CES yeah. and something that people might actually use, which are Chromebooks. Yeah. Chromebooks are cheap, lightweight laptops based on Google software. And mm-hmm. we saw quite a few uh, in Vegas and a couple yeah. of new notable ones. Oh. And here to chat about them with us, we have The Verge's executive editor and my boss, Dieter Bone. And Dieter, wait a second. You had a billboard at Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we did a, a show live on Twitter. Yeah. And uh, they decided deserved to a billboard with you, Celine billboard. Dion. Yeah, what? yeah, yeah. Just, so, just washed up just like what, she is. What, it's all a photograph, right? They do photographs and then they no, go No, we, we did a little video thing. So I, we did a thing where I was wearing VR goggles and well, it looked like you were looking off like you were about to like do some Adele song like hello yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm getting ready for like my sequin suit that I'm gonna do yeah although I have to say Neelay actually enjoyed it I could see that oh, God, it was like horrifying yeah. on some level it was like listen uh, who was I trying to think he was like like but the guys who with the lions there Oh, oh, Sieg yeah, Fried. Roy. Siegfried and, uh, and Roy. Yeah. That's what it felt like to me. It felt like to me. And I feel like you guys oh. could really have an act and yeah. just stay there and never come back. It would yeah, have been I mean, fun if we had a big cat on the set. Just a giant cat. Yeah. Like, like a proper cat, though, not, a, not, <laughs> not an actual lion cat. or tiger. <laughs> like a proper cat. <laughs> a proper cat. I think that would be dangerous in my feeling. I think Jim Bankoff wouldn't pay for that. And it would be a tragedy, but fascinating to watch, I'm sure. 
so tell us about Chromebooks. What came out at CES? So there were a handful that came out. Acer and Asus both released kind of you know, bog standard Chromebooks. Uh, but the big one that came out, the most important one, were uh, two Chromebooks from Samsung. They're called the Chromebook Plus and the Chromebook Pro. Mm. And what's interesting Those about... Those are new and interesting names. Yeah, well, they're pretty terrible names, actually. Yeah. Um, but they're, you can sort of think of them as like the, the flagship Chromebook for at least the next few months. It's the... They're the Chromebooks that Google probably should have had released for the holiday season, but mm-hmm. uh, didn't get them out the door in time. Um, and what's interesting about them is, you know, they've got a touchscreen like a lot of Chromebooks, uh, but they also come with a stylus, uh, which means that you can do things like draw on them. Which and, and and that's important because they also run Android apps. And the big theme for Chromebooks for the next twelve months are going to be. What are Android apps on Chrome OS going to look like? Ah, so just to take a step back a little bit, maybe for people who haven't used a Chromebook before, but have certainly heard about them at this point, what's the difference between a Chromebook running Chrome OS mm. versus, let's say, your standard PC or Mac? And what's the difference between a Chrome OS Chromebook and one that's running Android apps? Sure. So the basic idea of a Chromebook is it's a laptop that only runs the Chrome web browser, and that's all that it does. And that sounds really limiting and bad, but it turns out that there's a lot of really good web apps uh, from Google and everybody else. And on top of there being a lot of good just web apps, if you really step back and look at what you do on a computer, probably the vast majority of you might discover that 90% of it is either done in a browser or it's done in something that could just as easily be done in a browser. And for most people, it's that last 10% of photo editing, video editing, and games that don't work inside Chrome. And the thing that's happening to Chrome OS is in addition to just running a Chrome web browser, they're adding the ability to run real Android apps on it. Uh, And so that's in beta right now, and it's a little bit, what's the word? It's a technical term, janky right now. Uh, But over the next few months, they're going to be putting out the latest version of Android on Chrome OS. And then the Android apps on Chrome OS are going to be a little bit less janky. Okay, because they're janky. I have They're one. real janky. The uh, There's two problems with Android apps uh, in uh, like a big screen format like this. One, and this has been a perennial problem for the and- with Android, is all Android apps uh, are pretty bad at like a tablet size. They, mm-hmm. they have not done a good job. Even Google's own apps have not done a great job making them work on a big screen. Uh, the second problem that's specific to Chrome OS right now is you can't dynamically resize the Android windows. So mm-hmm. you either have it look like a little phone sitting at a desktop or you have it look like a little, you know, badly formed tablet sitting at a desktop and you can't choose what size the window is. And that's the big thing that's coming when Android Nougat, the next version of Android that's out on phones right now, comes available on Chrome OS. So why are they so inexpensive? I bought one for China because I just was going to toss it out. And mm-hmm. It was like $112 or something like that. I spent more on a latte in San Francisco. So <laughs> explain how, how it works in general and why it's so inexpensive because they really are well, it, cheap. It's, the, the parts are cheap. Uh, right. you, you look at a, a Chromebook and most of the parts are basically phone parts. They don't have a ton of RAM, which mm-hmm. is what you're running your programs off of. They don't have a ton of storage. Mm-hmm. So you don't, you don't need a ton of storage because it's just a browser, right? right. Um, and their processors are just generally pretty dinky. Some of them have really, you know, hefty, powerful Intel processors, but for the most part, that's not super necessary. And so you add all those things up and like that comes to a relatively small bill of sale. And then the cost comes from like, how nice do you make the actual physical thing? Mm -hmm. And most Chromebook makers, even this, you know, so-called flagship Chromebook 
Plus and Chromebook Pro haven't made it feel like a you know beautiful, perfect like no. MacBook. No, and the mm-hmm. kids use them a lot. My kids use them in school. Yeah, why are they yeah. so big in the education market? Is it yeah. just because of the Cheap. the price? It's it's because of the price, and it's also because you they're, can't do much. With you them. can't. Well, they're essentially stateless. Yeah. So I used to like set up computers way back in the day for our classrooms, uh, middle school rooms, and the amount of work that you would have to go through to get Windows set up in those classrooms is actually pretty monumental. You need to learn how to flash these computers. You need to make sure there aren't viruses on them. You need to make sure that when one kid logs off and the next kid logs on it, their stuff is still there, and on and on and on and on and on. With a Chromebook, you just open it up, you log into your your Google account, and five minutes later, all your bookmarks, all your stuff is there. And then when you sign out. And when you sign out, it's gone. And so it works really well for schools because they can, you know, hand them out and not worry about them getting lost because they're cheap and not worry about if they don't give one to everybody. Like you can walk into any classroom, open it up, type in your Google account, and bam, you've got all yep, your stuff. That's how they work it. It's really fascinating. Yeah. I mean, I think I remember the old days when Apple was the thing in the cloud. Everyone would save like box tops for Apple. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they're, they're still uh, trying that with iPad. Mm-hmm. By yeah, the way, the in the education market, you can get an iPad that allows multiple accounts, mm-hmm. uh, even though you can't do it anywhere else on the planet. Well, with, uh, I can with tell iOS. you, in schools, they're not using. They're using Chromebooks yeah, almost so completely. Yeah. yeah. And it's the, it's the biggest market for Chromebooks. So mm-hmm. when, when you look at like Chromebook sales, I think they recently passed Max. At least they did that last quarter. It's almost all schools. But I do think that there is a, a real genuine case for regular consumers to go out and get them. But the vast mm-hmm. majority of their sales come from schools. Yeah. IDC is the firm I think we, re- we rely on the most for data around mm-hmm. the PC market. And they don't often break out Chromebooks from other types of laptops. Mm-hmm. So like, let's say Samsung makes Chromebooks, but they also make Windows PCs, and it's hard to know if they have a great quarter, what you know, which device is being sold. But IDC does tend to note quarter after quarter that Chromebooks are doing great, and it's especially in K through 12, and they're expected to just keep growing. Yeah. And I happened to buy one for a family member recently, too, because it was so inexpensive. Like, her laptop was on the fritz, and I said, okay, I'm buying a Chromebook. But what can you absolutely not do with a Chromebook? Like people who are thinking of buying one, going in, what do you need to know? Uh, I would say that the the things that you absolutely cannot do are video editing. Like there are some, you know, Android apps that can do that. But like realistically, because the processors are so small and because most of the Android software was designed with phones in mind, you're looking at a pretty horrific experience trying to do proper video editing. You also like you can do photo editing either with Android apps. Adobe's got some Creative Cloud stuff or with like a bunch of different web apps. But it's really not great. And then the third thing you really can't do is play any kind of serious game. There's like there's a million, of course, Android games and there's some like web games and so on and so forth. But if you want anything beyond like casual gaming, you're pretty much doomed. Like if you want to do proper PC gaming, you should just get a PC. It's also not the best. It doesn't feel great. I have to say, I don't like doing emails on them. I don't I don't like the experience. It's like wearing a paper hat. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's what it feels like feels cheap when you're using it to well, me yeah when so I, when I didn't like using it one day that i used it right a I bunch had. of them are they physically feel cheap and mm-hmm. then i think there's like a there's like a psychological thing yeah like i don't know what to do you, with it you can't move it around it's a different window experience and figuring out mm-hmm. how to move that stuff around is weird but there's also like you know in the back of your mind that this isn't a full-on real computer yeah, that, yeah for sure and so you you have this vague sense that like oh there's this thing that i could do that i can't do here we talked before about how I love to customize my computers with all kinds of crap, and mm-hmm. you just can't do that with a Chromebook. You get what you get, and you know you either figure out how, if you can work with that or you don't. Right. Would you ever bring a Chromebook? Like when we go to cover events, we'll process a bunch of different photos. Sometimes we're grabbing videos off of websites, storing it on our desktop, throwing it into a post, and like that sort of thing. Right. 
can a Chromebook handle that kind of load? Like, would you ever bring a Chromebook to cover an event like a CES? I think you'd have to be a real expert at getting around the limitations on a Chromebook in order to make that happen. And to me, again, this is like the the 90-10 rule. Like, for me and my job, I could do 90% of what I do on a Chromebook and be actually pretty happy and actually have it be like a little bit less complicated than it is on my Mac. But it's that other 10%, and it's that 10% is different for everybody that really keeps me from being able to use it, say, at an event. And so it's like, you know, my personal weird example is like at an event, sometimes I need to take photos live during a presentation and have them up on the internet within, you know, five seconds. There's no way to do that really easily on a Chromebook, but I know how to do it on a Mac. For somebody else, it might be games. For somebody else, it might be editing video, whatever it might be. That's not to say you shouldn't buy one, but I think that they still, for most people, make a much, much better secondary computer than they do a primary computer, unless you're pretty confident you don't need that last 10%. Right. Yeah, one of the things, I mean, this was maybe an irrational fear, but one of the fears I had when I got my family member a Chromebook recently was I also gave her a thumb drive with a video on it that I had made for her. Mm -hmm. I made her this video for Christmas. It was footage of another family member of ours that had passed away, and she was really excited to have this footage. And I thought to myself, okay, when she sticks this thumb drive into her Chromebook when she gets home, and then she wants to, like, put the video somewhere that I've given to her. Yeah. Where is she going to – and she said it worked out fine. She was able to watch it. I'm guessing she put it in some type of cloud account and then was able to watch it through the cloud. You know, maybe she put it in Google Drive or something like that. Yeah. But that was, like, sort of my fear. Like, once you start sort of handing – passing, like, heavy media around, yeah. Um, yeah. how does it handle heavy media? It doesn't really. Well, you yeah. need to upload it to a cloud account. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm most most Chromebooks often come with 500 or a terabyte or some, some amount of yeah. storage in Google Drive. Um, mm-hmm. But if you – you know, want to try and use it with Microsoft stuff. Actually, it works halfway decently. Um, Microsoft Office apps on Android, mm-hmm. uh, they've done a lot of work to customize them for Chromebooks. So oh. you could theoretically use a Chromebook but live in Microsoft's cloud instead of Google's oh, cloud. these clouds. Yeah. What about malware? Malware is uh, less of a problem on Chromebooks than it is on anything else. Because, yeah. like, that you can, like, the thing can just start clean pretty much any time. Mm-hmm. Now, again, this might be a thing where, like, because there's less of a surface area for people to attack and there's less interest in attacking it because there's less valuable data on it than on, you know, Macs or PCs, there might be less of it. But I will tell you that if you're worried about malware, especially if you're, like, giving a laptop to a family member who's not super computer literate, I think. Chromebook is probably the way to go. Um, I spent three hours cleaning off spyware and malware off of a Macintosh over mm-hmm. the holidays, mm-hmm. which is something I never expected to do because my default is for years has always been, oh, get your family member a Mac. You won't have to do tech support. And if right. they need it, they can go to the store. That's still true. But with a Chromebook, there's even less because there's just there's less stuff to like break or do. What have they done do. the three hours worth on a Mac? That's just cr- what did they download every stupid insane movie? weird. <laughs> browser like things. click oh click this picture because you look pretty that kind of thing yeah that kind of thing well, i'm gonna have you check my computer <laughs> oh, i think i'm not stupid all right in a minute we're going to take some questions from our readers and listeners about chromebooks which we got a lot of questions but first i want to tell you about code media an exclusive two-day event that's coming up in february and i'm here with recode senior media editor and podcaster extraordinaire on recode media peter kafka how you doing that is a very nice introduction i know i'm very nice i don't know if you know that be silent. So Code Media is February 13th and 14th at the Ritz-Carlton in Dana Point, California. Peter, tell us a little bit about the event. Who are we going to talk to? We're going to find the most interesting, the most important, and the most brainy people in tech and so media. So most. Pe- okay. Most. All right. If you're least, you can't be on stage. No. 
So that's a guy, Ben Thompson. He's sort of a self-made business, media business analyst, super smart. Everyone in media and tech follows him. He's in Taiwan. He runs a newsletter called Strategic. Love it. Terrible Love that name. Newsletter. Super smart. He's wicked smart. He's coming in from Taiwan to speak to us. Wow. Which is super cool. I've wanted to do this for a couple of years, so he'll be joining us. Well, I'm really looking forward to it, and I hope to see some of our listeners there. Code Media is February 13th and 14th in Dana Point, California. For all the details and to get your ticket, visit recode.net slash events. Every week, we take questions from our readers and listeners. You can send them in, by the way, by tweeting at us with the hashtag TooEmbarrassed, or you can email TooEmbarrassed at Recode.net. This week, we ask questions about Chromebooks. First question, Lauren Good. First question is from Navat Volk, at Navat Volk on Twitter, who asks, can they run apps already? Let's say Microsoft Office, hashtag TooEmbarrassed. You just started to answer that, Dieter. I did. Uh, I will say there is a caveat. Not every single Chromebook works on the new beta that runs Android apps. And so you should check before you buy to make sure that it does. Mm. Um, But going forward, it's going to be the standard. And in fact, I hear that going forward, the standard is also going to be for everything, you know, high end or mid range to include that stylus so that you'll be able to use it to draw and stuff. And that stylus, by the way, isn't like the Samsung Note stylus. I mean, it looks like the Samsung Note stylus, but it's built into Chrome and Android. So it it's not just Samsung that'll be able to use that stuff. It's any Chrome OS laptop. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah. So yeah. is this all a part of the eventual merging of the Android and Chrome? Oh my God, OS? that story. Who cares? Who cares but Dieter Bone? So a lot of people care. Oh, There's a rumor going around about this thing Many called. Many people Many, care. Oh they my don't. God, they don't. There's a rumor about FYI, this thing called they don't. Andromeda. They and, do it the Verge, but yeah. nowhere else. It's not. It's. If it happens, it's going to happen later and differently. It's it's sort of almost like the wrong question to ask. There's going to be a bunch of Android stuff that feels more like Chrome, and there's going to be a bunch of Chrome stuff that feels more like Android. They're going to like start to feel more like each other, and maybe they'll make a new OS someday. But. Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. I'm so excited. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> Mason Holcomb. When will we see more powerful applications like Adobe Creative Cloud working on Chromebooks? Is that the 12th of never, Dieter? Yeah, so it's funny... I've heard that Adobe made they made a bunch of like Creative Cloud versions of their apps for mm-hmm. Android, or a bunch of Android versions of their Creative Cloud apps for Android, and they put them out in the world. And they're like, well, nobody wants real apps, and then all the users got it and were pissed because they're they're like, you know, hampered, broken, watered down, hampered versions. Hampered. So Adobe is apparently thinking about uh, making more powerful versions that will be able to run. Hmm. On these Chromebooks, that'd be really cool. So they, then crappy you can use like your Lightroom and your Photoshop huh? and your uh, what's Element and what's the audio one? No, there's so many. Okay, all right. Well, then they're not going to put out crappy but I, versions. No, but I wouldn't hold your breath for them to be desktop class. I really I would not. Oh yeah, Audition. I knew that. I was going to say Audible, and I knew that wasn't right. All right, um, next one, Lauren. Okay, next one is from F. Reed. He's at Low Tech on Twitter. That's a good Twitter handle. Mm-hmm. Do Android apps on Chromebooks make CBs a viable PC alternative? Okay, so Dieter Bone, you are looking at, let's just say a lower cost PC, right? To keep it in the same price yeah. range here. Or you're looking at a Chromebook running Android apps and running it well. Which one are you going to get? I'm going to get the Chromebook because I would rather have a thing that I know just works and is good at the things that it's good at than a thing that is kind of, junky but pretending to be better than it is like if, if i'm spending 500 ish dollars on a laptop i'm getting a chromebook uh also i just want to point out that we are not going to let calling chromebook cbs a thing 
I know you had to fit your tweet into 140 characters, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm, I'm giving you a pass, F. Reed. But in the future, just to be clear, we're not calling them CBs. Mm-hmm. We're not calling them CBs is reserved for Circuit Breaker, mm-hmm. our gadget blog. At or the Citizen Verge. Band Radio. Or ci- <laughs> One of those does two. That. I'm calling them CBs. Damn it. Damn it. I'm going to call them CBs. CB Radio. Yeah. <laughs> I told you my story that when I started the journal. Yeah, you were reporting on CB Report- Radio. I, I, oh, yeah. I got the internet AOL. beat. I know. I got the internet beat. And literally, you know those high and mighty media reporters who now have been decimated? Mm-hmm. This one came up to me and said, oh, you're covering CB Radio, right? Like that. Like that. In wow. that kind of way. It was like such a mean girl thing. Like it was a boy, but it was a mean, of course it was a boy. It was a mean girl thing. And I was like. I am covering the thing that's going to decimate your industry. So there. Oh, mine too. Anyway, it was really. And then, and then you got put on the AOL beat. No, no, no. I was on the internet. I was the only internet reporter. Oh. That was it. If someone did that to me today, I'd actually fight back and say, actually, Citizen Band's making a comeback because it people is. are finding ways to use it to do mesh networking to get on the internet. All right. What, I wouldn't do that. Oh. Okay. Yeah. All right. Ooh, put it on All the right. site. Put, put it on the go site. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I think so, cathode ray TVs are coming back. No, they're not. I just got rid of one. <laughs> I know we talked about this and I said you should have kept it so we could tinker and you were like oh god tinkering okay next one is from utterly random techie another fun twitter handle is there a chance google will make another chromebook pixel and Dieter Bone has the scoop on this the answer is yes I was told that google is not giving up on this form factor this form Mm -hmm. factor being a you know a screen and a keyboard right and I also have a pretty strong hunch that they're thinking pretty seriously about uh, tablet form factors as well maybe with a detachable keyboard upon this I feel like you know I have a hunch Uh uh a good hunch a hunch I feel strongly enough to say it's in the back of your neck or something just like I had a hunch that the next operating system was going to be called nougat oh my god if you look at the new version of chrome that's on samsung's chromebook the icons on the taskbar on the bottom are really big so you can hit them with the finger so oh. they're maybe starting to make chrome os usable without sort of optimized. Uh, yeah. Oh. yeah so if they came out with something that was a tablet with a detachable keyboard mm-hmm. and a stylus I mean, they're essentially competing with the surfaces of yeah. the world they're getting there that's what yeah. they're, they're that's competing what it's with the surface to. rts of the world yeah, yeah, womp, that's womp. right. Yeah, that's, womp, a, that's, a, that's a that's Surface a deep RT. nerd cut. If, yeah, uh, if you arm. Know. Okay. No, but some people are excited about arm again. So, uh, All right. next question. Do you want to go? I you do shall. it. Okay. At trick two o two. That sounds like they might be fondling things. Uh, would love to know about editing video on a Chromebook. The only thing I'm struggling with, to be honest. TBH. Oh well, Rich, you're Too struggling bad. with it because you can't do it. Yeah, I mean, you you can, but like, I mean, the, that's yeah, that's going to be an uphill slog, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. Hmm. I used a cloud-based video editing application once. It was more like a graphics you like animation, it or it totally to cloud-based. It was frustrating. All right, why do it? It was a while ago. I don't mm. know. I was trying it out. I was trying new tools. No, out. you cannot, <laughs> Fondler. <laughs> Okay, next question is from Joseph Bullivant, who I believe has written into us before. So, Joseph, thanks for listening to Too Embarrassed to Ask. How functional are Chromebooks without an internet connection? This is a great question. Yeah. Does anything work offline? Yeah, absolutely. Like, a bunch of the web apps actually work offline, So, especially if they're Google stuff. So, Google Docs, Google Mail. Keep. I mean, I guess email technically works offline, but like, yeah. you, can't the kind send of, it. you can't send it till you mm-hmm. get back online. Uh, and then if you have one that runs Android apps, all those Android apps will do whatever Android apps normally do when they work mm. offline. Uh, so there's actually, you can do quite a bit more than you might expect. But the big problem is if you think you're going to use this thing and use it offline all the time, don't forget that most of these Chromebooks come with a pittance of storage. 
And so like they're really designed to get stuff up into the cloud and then interact with it there. So if you leave it offline and do a bunch of photo stuff on it somehow for, you know, a week or two, you're going to just end up running out of space really quickly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you have to connect to the Internet to set it up initially? I would think yes, right? I think yes. So you can never really air gap a Chromebook. That makes sense. There's a security flaw right there. I see that. Again, I haven't. <laughs> I had a MacBook. All right, what's happened to the mid-range CB? <laughs> Barely any progression from Acer C720, Toshiba CB2. Those more C's. New devices equals money. Lots of money. Money signs. Yeah. The price so. has gone up a little bit on a bunch of stuff. Now, um, Asus did announce uh, a new version of the Chromebook Flip, which I really like. The last version of. And it's got really good specs, but it's 500 bucks. Is that a lot? That's it's a lot. like, it's That's at the high. upper end. Right. Yeah. yeah, so the range you're talking about is actually not that great. And I don't want to minimize how much money this might be for people, but you're talking the low end, 150 bucks, right? Yeah. And then the high end, you're talking 500. So the Five, mid, the mid yeah. range is really not the that. The mid range is somewhere between like 250 yeah. and 450. I've seen them for less than like 102 or something like that, some of them. Yeah, I mean, the, the weird thing about uh, Chromebook is like you can get the, the ultra cheap one, but... What I kind of want is for Chrome to say, hey, you shouldn't have more than five tabs. Like it should give you a warning at some point saying this is too many tabs because like it really can mm-hmm. start to slow down pretty badly if uh, if you've got the low end, uh, low end stuff. Okay. All right. Last Final one. question. Go ahead. All right. This is from Yavuzai. That's at Yavuz ISB on Twitter. What's the difference between the Samsung Chromebook Pro and the Samsung Chromebook Plus? Only processors? Question mark. If so, if so what's the benefit? Uh, the only difference is the processor. The Plus has an ARM-based processor, and the Pro has an Intel-based processor. So the benefit of an Intel processor is that Chrome runs better on an Intel processor. Is it an Atom? Than a pro- it's an M3. Okay. Yeah, which is like the new generation. Google or Intel doesn't want to call it M, but it's M, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, What's funny is I hear tell that the Pro runs Android apps better than the Plus, even though Android is usually written for ARM. Basically, if you can afford to spend the extra money, and we don't know how much extra money to get the Pro, I'd strongly recommend it. I think that you're going to have a much better experience if you can if you can get that faster processor. But that's all it comes down to. There's no like compatibility issues. They all do the exact same stuff. But with the Intel version, you're going to be able to have a few more tabs, and they're all going to run a little bit faster. All right. I actually have one more question for you. All right. So when the Pixel first came out, it was $1,200? It was ridiculous. Okay. Is there ever going to be a market for that level of Chromebook? (sighs) No, maybe. I mean, it really depends on whether or not Google can convince Android app makers to make good Android apps that run well on Chromebooks that so that people can stop worrying about whether or not there are, you know, quote unquote desktop class apps available for this thing to justify spending that much money on something. And given Google's history of utterly failing to get good large screen Android apps, uh, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in that. Mm-hmm. I guess the flip side of that is there's always a market for ridiculously overpriced, well-designed technology. They can Anybody can sell 100000 of anything. Uh, so they'll probably make one just for the hell of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't expect that when we look at like market share and how many people are using this thing that it'll like have a big impact. They should bundle in the Pixel and the next thirteen hundred dollar Chromebook. Like you spend thirteen hundred dollars and you get a, you get the next Pixel Chromebook and then you get a Pixel. 
Pixel phone. phone. Pixel phone by Google. Yeah, <laughs> right. Phone Are by there Google. not enough gadgets for you to phone? No, I'm just saying a bundle would be. It's <laughs> a lot of gadgets. All right. I should have never said you the word. You walked right phone. into that one. <laughs> it's totally my fault. Dieter, this is very helpful. So you like these new ones? You're really you were impressed by at CES. Um, I wasn't disappointed. I think that the main thing with these Samsung Chromebooks is they look like Chromebooks. They're not like, oh my god, this is a beautiful piece of technology. This is incredibly good hardware. It, it's like fine. Never happening. A beautiful um, piece of technology. Well, the last time we saw it on a Chromebook was Google's own Pixel, right. which was twelve hundred dollars. Right. So yeah, I mean, I, I guess the moral of the story is if something looks great and, and looks beautiful. Like, there, people are going to charge a premium for that it. That is what it's like in relationships, too, there just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> so you know. Just a pro tip. Next episode. Next, yeah. <laughs> pro tip for you there, Dieter. All right. This has been another great episode of Too Embarrassed to Ask. Dieter, again, thank you for joining us. Yes, Dieter. Thank yeah. you for joining Dieter. us. It's been fun. Thanks. And it, congratulations on your act in Vegas. I'm so looking forward to it. It's your upcoming marriage with Celine Dion. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be great. People can actually watch all of the episodes on yeah. TheVerge.com. Yeah. All three episodes that were on You're very good. Live. So go yeah. to TheVerge.com and check those out. Yep. And if you enjoyed the episode of the podcast as much as we did, you can subscribe. And you can also leave us a review. We love reviews at iTunes.com slash Too Embarrassed to Ask. And subscribing is great. You'll be the first to listen to new episodes every Friday or catch up on previous episodes where we answer all of the tech questions that our listeners have been too embarrassed to ask yep so go to itunes.com slash to embarrass to ask we're also a lot of places outside of itunes you can go to google play music tune in stitcher we're now on soundcloud um you can also just go to the website which is pretty easy you go to recode.net slash podcast and find all of our good stuff there absolutely and while you're there you should check out our other podcasts like recode decode recode replay and recode media with peter kafka the verge also has some great podcasts for your listening pleasure well i hate saying that word <laughs> <laughs> Walt Mossberg and Eli Patel. I'd rather say fondle. Uh, <laughs> Walt Mossberg and Eli Patel host Control, Walt Delete, best podcast name ever. Mm-hmm. Also, there's The Vergecast. Neil, I usually host it. Dieter's a regular guest. I'm a regular guest, so check out The Vergecast. All right. Are you cheating on me on podcasts? You're a regular guest? We need to talk. All right. Okay. Don't forget to tweet your questions ahead of time to at Recode with the hashtag Too Embarrassed or email them to us at embarrassed at recode.net. Thank you for listening. And also, thanks to Digital Media, the company that distributes this show. We'll be back next week to answer more of the questions you've been too embarrassed to ask. 